Welcome to the Rise Above Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Adams. And I'm your host, Will Lambley. Today, we are joined by Emmanuel Crawford. It's a pleasure to be joined by you, Emmanuel. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. And you, and you, you grew up in uh, Grove, Oklahoma? Yeah, I did. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's not... Uh, we, me and Manuel were talking before we got on. We're kind of from, I guess, the same area in a way, because uh, Grove is probably only like an hour from uh, Owasso, where I'm from. Yeah. And we were kind of bonding beforehand, because his his senior year, his school uh, just whooped a school that's in, in my area, Collinsville, that, that me and Emmanuel both like ha- didn't really grow up liking too much. <laughs> and you, you rushed for like, uh, was it seven touchdowns? I'm sure you definitely remember how many touchdowns uh, that game. I think it was like five or Six. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The guy I was talking told me seven. It probably just seemed like seven. (laughs) (laughs) Probably just got to a point where it was like he he didn't even know. (laughs) It was just seeing you run down the sideline. But yeah. So kind of kind of growing up, has there always been a kind of like a passion for football? Uh, It all started in fifth grade. Um, The little league coach lived right next to our house, and so he was like, "We need you on our team. Like, you need some speed." Um, And so he kind of he kind of like bribed my mom into letting me play by like buying her chocolate and like, balloons <laughs> and, okay. and then yeah then the next weekend i was suited up playing football the rest is history wow that, that's that's crazy how that works because you, you always hear stories of like t- teams that are good like they're just going through like through the streets or knocking door to door like looking for players and then that's actually how it ended up yeah. working but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so then um so what what did your family look like growing up? Um, so I'm the youngest of six, um, and so I have four older brothers and one sister, and so a lot of getting <laughs> bullied around. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, um, a lot of getting duct taped and like fake kidnapped, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah, I was the youngest, so you know, I got I got the worst the worst end of the stick, but it, it was fun looking back. It's crazy how it turns out. It seems like a lot of like people that end up being really good football players are people that are the youngest of their family because they're, they're used to getting pushed around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So w- once they, they're able to pull on the pads, they're like, okay, now I finally get to do this to someone else. <laughs> yeah. As a youngest, yeah. I, yeah. I can attest. Yeah. <laughs> I can attest to that. <laughs> um. I, I know you talked a little bit about like your, your, your family um, of, of six, but like how, how did it kind of come to be like that you were able to like meet your family? How did that like, process work? Um, and so my my parents in like I think it was 2010 they um, just felt like the Lord was calling them to have another kid um, and so they got in touch with um, my mom's friend her name is Pam Cope and she had started this organization because her son had got into a wreck and passed away and instead of um, becoming a victim to her circumstances she felt like the Lord was calling her to go out and um, start rescuing kids um, in, you know, less fortunate areas, starting, you know, these group homes and putting them in a better environment. Um, and so I was one of those kids. Um, I was rescued from child slavery around age four. And then I was put into one of these uh, organization homes. And then the connection was made between me and my family. And she was kind of the middle person who, you know, got the ball rolling and all of that. So. Okay, nice. So at first, uh, you, you were uh, sent to a home, and then uh, your you're now mom, then she re- felt the Lord was calling her, and then uh, she reached out, and then that's how you came to be- meet them? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's awesome how like God like works through uh, different people, and then like puts something on someone else's heart, and which can in turn like impact another life. Yeah. When where 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 was this all at? Where were you born and raised? Uh, so I was born in Ghana, Africa. Um, it's kind of it's in the Ivory Coast. Um, kind of like at the 
I guess you could say north, but like kind of southern part of Africa, the continent. Um, and then kind of the whole thing there is like most families sell their kids to, you know, pay for stuff because the poverty rate there is insane. Um, and so usually they'll sell one of the older kids so that they can take care of the rest of the family. And so it's kind of a trend there to sell kids um, to make money. But then that also causes the problem of this gigantic fishing industry of slavery and kids being put through these awful things yeah i was i was curious about that because for the longest time that's all i knew was you know d1 sec football player from child slavery is what from what i'd been told and um that's actually how I had come across you was I was talking with one of my pilot friends had um, had told me, hey, man, you need to have uh, you need to have this guy on. You know, he has this amazing story, has a great faith and 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 told me pretty much the basics. But um, I didn't know it was that young. I thought it was like a little bit older and then like <laughs> he's yeah, still kind of yeah. recent. But, yeah, that's yeah, that's insane. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things that you look back and. Um, your first kind of instinct is to kind of say, poor me, like, why would God ever put me through that? But then, you know, obviously, as I've gotten deeper in my faith and I've allowed God to kind of um, take that in which Satan meant for harm and use it as a weapon to um, not, I guess, as a we weapon against Satan, but as a testament to bring people to God to show people like no matter what you've been through no matter what you're going through there is better days ahead mm -hmm. um, God hasn't forgotten about you just because you're in this certain valley of your life so that's awesome and how, how would you say that your, your relationship with Christ or when would you say it started um, I would say like from a young age I always kind of knew that there was something you know greater out there um, and even like even though I wasn't 100% able to comprehend what I was going through in that moment. I always felt safe in a way, knowing that somebody was watching over me. Um, but it was really made evident when I kind of joined with my family here. Um, they're a very faith-driven family, and it was just something that I was put into immediately. But it wasn't like a pressure thing. It was like, I want to be here because I feel this spirit in this this amazing power that I've never felt in my life. Um, and then I gave my life to God in like second grade um, at Canacuck, which is a Christian youth camp. Um, and, you know, my life has been, I'm not going to say once you give your life to God, it's going to be perfect because I've had my valleys even after that commitment, but it's definitely a lot easier. So. And what, what were some challenges that you uh, s started facing even after, um, like s starting w with your, uh, your your family now that you remember from a young age or some, some things that you had to go through? Um, so I would say that up until my junior year of high school, um, I started to kind of distance myself from people just because it was like, you know, no one here can relate to like what I've been through and the things that I'm dealing with. Um, and so that kind of led me into an isolation, which was bad because you're never supposed to isolate yourself when you need the most help. Um, but after, you know, 
whole COVID thing happened, I kind the whole world kind of got reset. But I definitely had enough time to just be alone with the Lord and be able to talk through the things that I went through and be able to talk through, you know, the difficulties that we've all faced in mid school and junior high, um, and just be able to put those things away. And so, when my junior year came up, I felt like the Lord was, you know, really calling me to start sharing my story because the world was at such like a kind of this like crossroad between good and evil was very evident and you know a lot of people kind of felt hopeless because you know COVID took over everything and so I started telling my story to help people realize like we all went through this but you know no matter like how bad life might seem right now it's gonna get better and you need to give your life to the Lord because he can help you through whatever it is that this has brought into your life or whatever you're starting to face. So. One of my favorite things you mentioned was when you said that uh, one of the hardest things you struggled with was it seemed like no one understood what, what you were going through because no one had ever been through anything like that. So you started putting yourself in isolation. But um, how when you started like turning to the Lord, that kind of like changed everything. And it reminds me of how like no matter like what we're going through in life, how God always knows and like um, how like he, he's always there like for us and every season and, um, and that's just cool how you're been able to like sh share with with others especially uh, um, be, being like a Christian athlete I think it's cool too how like um, you, you you accepted Christ at Canicook which is like a sports camp since like sports has been such a big part of your life yeah yeah and uh, I know you talked a little bit earlier about how uh, you started playing football in the in the fifth grade and uh, starting there were you just playing football or was it like other sports too uh, so I've tried just about every sport on the face of the planet um, I thought it was gonna be Michael Phelps for a little bit it's <laughs> oh, yeah. on a swim team <laughs> played, played swimming little, is tough yeah I played a little it's lacrosse tough. here and there um, but would you say that lacrosse is tougher than football um, I mean, I don't enjoy getting hit with the stick. That yeah. was fun. Um, but I, I played baseball and basketball. Um, I loved baseball, but um, over time, pitching and playing center field does a couple numbers on your labrum. So I'd have surgery and had to stop playing. Um, and then as high school started my freshman year, I played a little basketball, um, started running track, but then kind of realized like, hey, football is, football is my thing. Um, and so I really started focusing on, you know, perfecting my craft, putting that extra time in and um, not becoming complacent and happy with where I was at. Um, and so that, that helped me build into what I was able to mm. do my junior and senior year. So awesome. And kind of go on about that work ethic. Did you always have that work ethic from a young age or was it kind of like? In, later in high school when you started to gain like that work ethic that I, no matter what I'm not gonna be complacent I'm gonna be the hardest worker out here um, I would say like I wouldn't say it was as much as much like as as I was younger because I, I was usually bigger than everyone and stronger when we were younger and then you know once mid school was over um, everyone comes back freshman year just like humongous and I'm like why am I so <laughs> yeah. short and so um, I decided to start working on my speed and um, working on you know contact balance that kind of stuff um, because you know because I know I play running back um, I'm not gonna be the biggest guy on the field at all times ever and so working on speed was definitely one of those factors that started to help me you know set myself apart from everyone 
What is your 40 speed? Uh, so the fastest 40 I ever ran was a 443. Wow. Um, and that was my senior year in high school. Okay, that's crazy. Have, you, have they have what have they already like ran you on the on the practice team? No, no, yeah. I don't. I don't think they do that. They they just. Uh, I think at they just tell like um, you're like uh, like miles per hour, right? Yeah, they yeah. do oh, top really? speed. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and but you also like so. <laughs> I remember when I first met you back in. Um, I think that was June when I spoke to you guys. What I was most impressed with is I saw your Instagram. Uh, you had a was it was a three fifteen power clean. Yeah, three fifteen. Because I was like, man, yeah, high school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's the kind of stuff I'm, I'm most impressed by. Because, uh, like in football, you see a lot of guys that are, that are fast, but then yeah. I was like, man, this guy's got three fifteen clean too. So I was like, man, dang. Yeah, what are you I know. Cleaning now. Uh, so we haven't really done cleans. We do more like squats, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I love like things like front squat, back squat. Definitely my okay. favorite workout. Okay, if you like front squat, that's how you have a good clean then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you really have to have a good front squat to have yeah, a good clean. Yeah, I know, definitely. And then uh, going on in high school, was there like a, a certain point that you realized that, okay, I, I want to play football at the next level? Um, so I kind of had one of those valleys um, my sophomore year because I had to have labrum surgery. Okay. And then as I was coming out of that, um, it was kind of like my love for football kind of started to dwindle. And so I sat down with my dad and I was kind of like, hey, like, I think I'm going to call it quits, um, focus on other things. And he, he just like sat me down at the dining room table and was like, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. Um, I feel like this is something that you could go on to be great at. Um, and so kind of after that conversation was the turning point where it was like, all right, if I'm going to do this, then I'm not going to just be average. Um, and so I got a trainer. I got, you know, people who are going to help me better myself because um, I do believe who you surround yourself with is who you become. And so I got some friends who have the same mindset and wanted to be great. And so we all kind of watched each other uh, develop and, you know, become the players that we became our junior and senior year. That's awesome. I'm sure that that moment with your dad is something that still pushes you today because how he just believed in you even when you're like, I mean, I don't even know if this can happen. Yeah, I know. That, that's, that's just cool. And are you able to like look back on that even like today? Yeah, so actually, I it was funny. I turned on my camera on my phone when we were having that talk um, just so I could go back and listen to it. Um, and it was one of those things that I kind of listened to before every game as you know motivation kind of reminding myself like hey this is why you're here um and for me as a player i never play for myself because i think playing for yourself you know you don't really you can you can get down on yourself but if you're playing for the fans and the people who have helped you reach that position then you're never gonna have people who are going to you know doubt you you're gonna have you know a group of people who believe in you and you're going to be confident in yourself as a player so that's an awesome statement. It reminds me of something I share a lot when I speak is so many times in life we hit a, we, I mean, we're all going to hit a wall, but when we make our life about someone else, then there's always a way to get through that wall. And uh, it, that, that, that's such a great example because like for athletes and really for anyone, any walk of life that just remembering there's so many people out there who believe in you or are always rooting for you, even when it doesn't seem like it. And yeah, then, absolutely. Yeah. And then in high school, um, was there, uh, I know you said like 
that that was the point whenever you, you started to realize, okay, I can do this like college football thing. Um, at what point did you start like get, getting looks for college, or uh, when did that come? Uh, so it started my junior year. Um, I started talking to like Oklahoma State, um, some of those kind of like smaller schools, um, and then my senior year. Um, actually, my after my junior year summer, we started going to camps that summer, and you know, kind of yeah. just testing the waters because recruiting's so such a weird field. Um, yeah, for real, it's like dating multiple people at the same. Time. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. You, gotta, you gotta be really careful, and um, especially for you during COVID, mm -hmm. because there's so many so many schools were just taking transfers, and then like they could take like less scholarships and all that. Oh yeah, no, like. Um, that was one of the big things was I would talk to a school and then they would get a transfer running back, someone that's older um, and has more experience but still has a decent amount of years left. Um, and then my senior year, um, I didn't really focus as much on, you know, talking to colleges. It was more, let me focus on my senior season, put up the stats and numbers that I need to, you know, draw attention. Um, but my junior year track season is when I started getting offers and my first offer was from Navy and then I got one from Army and Air Force um, and so the, once really one cool. uh, once one academy then they all started oh yeah, no. <laughs> yeah on the call he was like as soon as we offer you I hope you know that the other military schools are gonna be calling you and yeah. sure enough within a week they had all called me and started sending letters so it was it was a really cool experience that's funny how that works i like what you said uh there about how you're focused on your senior season because i feel like so so many kids out there like start focusing on recruitment but i'm sure uh, tell me if i'm wrong but we'll play a big part of that too was like i'm sure you had a lot of teammates that uh, that, you, that you really appreciate that you're like i mean i gotta play the season for them too yeah no definitely that was definitely a factor um our senior class was just a really close group most of them have been playing together since second grade um and so going out senior year was kind of a it was kind of a bittersweet moment and our town was just insane there was growth football stuff everywhere um just the fans and they completely redid the stadium and got us a new weight room and all this stuff our senior year put banners everywhere and so really felt like you know it was on us to have an amazing season to try to go undefeated um and so i mean it wasn't as much pressure but it was more fun than anything just having all those fans and you know my brothers we were all playing for each other yeah you spoke uh, you spoke about transfers earlier you think uh you think now that rocket's going you think you uh you're gonna get some playing time next season um so my last conversation with coach pitt um they want to move me to slot um and which is completely understandable i'm more of a slot looking type of player um it is kind of like a bittersweet because I've been playing running back since I was in fifth grade. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be a mixture of like running back and slot and then being kind of like a scat back type yeah. thing. Yeah. And so for yeah. me, it's just. Yeah, that, I, I think that would be great. I think just having a guy like you on, on the team too, like uh, just helps like the culture overall and kind of going off what, what he said. So uh, I know you said you got started getting offers from Army, like all the military academies were, were calling, calling you. But um when, when was it that uh, like Arkansas started looking at you or you started like having interest in Arkansas? Um, it was after my senior year. Um, I was 
I thought I was going to go to Oklahoma State for my junior year all the way till after senior football season because I'd taken like at least 11 visits there. Oh, wow. Um, and talked to all the coaches, yeah. that kind of stuff. Is that is that how you knew Chance? from? Because uh, I know you used to go to camps there too. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we uh, played seven on seven. On seven oh, yeah. Seven, yeah. Uh, yeah. I know Chance is on all the seven on yeah. seven teams. And he <laughs> yeah. has a voice where it's really easy to recognize him too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, but my coach reached out to Coach Pittman after our season. He was like, hey, we have this kid and um, I had talked to Arkansas kind of a little bit previously, but then I kind of just dropped off the radar, I guess. And my coach had sent him my film and was like, this kid, you know, I know he would go here because, you know, you're from Grove, he's from Grove, and he has a good work ethic and all that stuff. Um, and then we got in contact after that and went on a visit, um, talked to Coach Pittman. I mean, just an absolutely amazing guy. And then I talked to the running back coach here, Jimmy Smith, who's just another right. amazing person. Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, uh, great guy. Yeah. And, you know, the deal was kind of sealed after that. It felt like this is where the Lord was calling me to go. So I just, you know, texted my coach back like, hey, um, I'll be there in the summer. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, that's awesome. And that, that's cool, especially with how God kind of worked and that Coach Pittman went to the same high school you went to. And then Coach Smith used to be a high school football head coach. So yeah. <laughs> it's probably been all- Awesome for you. Uh, I mean, I was playing for Coach uh, Coach Smith and Coach Pittman th- this year. Oh yeah, no, it's been so much fun. The running back room is—you won't find another room like it in the nation. I mean, like you usually think that you know it's a competitive room and you know people who are in- individualistic, but it's really just a brotherhood in that room. Um, when someone does something good, we're all happy. Um, there's not a lot of selfishness going on and, you know, people talking behind each other's backs. Yep. Um, so I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah, that's one thing I really noticed from just coming to practice and knowing some of you guys in the Raymax room this this year. Uh, there, there was no egos. Everyone just wanted to be sure to do good. And what were some of the, like, the lessons you learned from uh, some of the older guys this year? Um, to just be patient. Um, you know, I one of my biggest concerns was my weight coming in. And, um, you know, they just kept telling me, like, hey, like, you're going to put it on. Um, You just need to be patient, you know, keep working hard and, you know, eating um, a lot. And so I feel like like it's every strength coach's favorite word, eat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Going off uh, strength coaches was so uh, you got to Arkansas in in June, right? Mm -hmm. Or May. Or May. May, Yeah. May 19th. what, what, what were some of the biggest differences in like those high school workouts, like get college workouts? Um, I would say just like the duration um, and the intensity in them. Our coach was pretty big on like more like explosive workouts. Um, that's why we did a lot of power clean, okay. and, like box squat, that kind of stuff. Um, he was big on speed, and so coming here, it wasn't like it wasn't like there was a big difference. We did a lot of similar things to things to what they do here. But I would say that um, the coaches, the coaches here, definitely have a better idea of like how to like build a player, like kind of like a Lego, build it like up, and so it's like a steady foundation, and it's not just you know this all at once. Yeah. That's, that's a great analogy. Analogy. I've never heard that one, but yeah, it's just like a Lego, yeah. <laughs> like a Lego. And with with so many coaches too, like you always have someone's eyes on you. Oh yeah, no, but I love our strength staff. Um, they were so much fun to you know get to know and. They're always going to push you, but as soon as you're done with that workout, they're going to tell you, you know, like, hey, good job. Like, yeah. 
we're proud of you. We'll, you know, see you back in here the next day. Be ready. Get your mind right. <laughs> get you kind of scared for the next workout. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they're, you know, they're all great guys. I think that's what's cool about Coach Souders is that just the relationships he builds with, with the players. Because you're going to want to work hard for a coach when you know Jalen cares about you. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. He's... He's definitely one of a kind, um, and he brought in some great strength staff with him, so we definitely appreciate that. Yeah, I think I asked this on a previous uh, football pod that we did, but uh, but I don't remember what they said, or even if I asked it. Do you guys get to hang out with the other um, specialty groups? Like, do you get to hang out with your linemen, um, your special teams, your your defensive players? Like, do you guys get to bond as an entire team, or do you do they kind of keep it to the specialty groups? Uh, so that's this team that at least that I went through last year. Um, they were just it was amazing like i thought coming in like there would be a bunch of like you know just little groups and you know people with egos and that kind of stuff but um <laughs> to my disbelief everyone in the room was just you know amazing guys um everyone was always laughing you know yeah. like it was like it was like having a bunch of brothers really yeah. um you make fun of each other you would you know joke around um and, you know, when someone did something good, we'd be proud. When someone did something <laughs> stupid, we would, them, we would let them know. Um, but it was definitely, you know, one of the best football teams that I've ever been a part of. Um, and, you know, I hope it continues to go, go in that direction. Yep. Well, who are some of the, the, the guys that you learned from the most this year? Uh, I would say Pooh Paul is one of those guys that, you know, I really looked up to. Now, I always tell people he's just a, even though he's going to another school, he's someone I always root for because just a, a great person and, like, you always knew he was going to bring it. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And he was one of those guys that before fall camp, obviously, being a freshman, you hear terrible things about fall camp and, you know, like, you're not going to make it through that kind of stuff. But um, we saw him one night before fall camp and, you know, he just kind of reassured us, like, yeah, it's going to be hard, but, like, you can make it through. Like, it's not anything that, you know, is too crazy. Um, you just have to take it day by day. And so just just him saying that kind of stuff really helped me. So. Yeah, that's what's cool about uh, leaders who have put played a few years using their leadership role the right way because it, it shows guys like you whenever um, you've after you've played multiple years at Arkansas or where, wherever it is that like you you will be able to have that same impact on younger guys that are coming in there that are going to their first fall camp like geez what did I get myself into? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah exactly but yeah, you're gonna have that same role and yeah and what 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 are some of you yeah, like I know you probably have like daily goals or what what are some goals that you set for yourself whether it's uh, in your spiritual life or um, whether it's out on on the football field at, at, at in your time in Arkansas uh, for me it would just be you know always tell God what you're thankful for like at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day um, I feel like sometimes we go through life and don't even realize like how blessed we are to you know even be alive breathing oxygen um, and obviously going to the gym um i make i make it a goal to go to the gym at least once or <laughs> yeah. twice a day yeah, me, me and you were talking about so. <laughs> that because uh, before we got in there was a player uh, who played on the Arkansas football team that i ate with last week and he told me he took two weeks off from uh, working out everything after the season and i asked emmanuel if he took a few weeks off and he's like oh no i, I don't take any days off. <laughs> no, yeah, days off no i love the gym it's uh it's one of those places you can just kind of just get away and you know put your headphones in and get to work but you know also have time to think about like your goals and like your life and uh what you want to accomplish so 
I think it, it just helps you mentally too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yes, something I've started realizing in my own life is just days I get up and work out early in the morning, I just feel so much more prepared for the day because it's like when adversity comes, you're like, okay, I've already faced adversity going through a tough workout or just get my mind right and then you're like okay i'm I'm already ready now yeah no i agree i usually uh i've started listening to david goggins and oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) makes me want to lift every weight in there but (laughs) um he says bad things about you (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know he's he's one of those guys that you know you just kind you got to look up to because you know he's been through so much adversity and just being able to conquer it and you know keep that relationship with god and, and be grateful and be you know in like a superhero at the end of the day is crazy so yeah, yeah I, I love what you said right there about uh, one of the biggest things in your life is just being grateful because I feel like so many people uh, it's almost like a lost art in the world so many people get so focused on what's ahead in their life or what, what's behind and they almost forget about what's going on in the moment and I feel like when you forget about what's in the moment like you almost can't be grateful because like you forget to be grateful. And what, what are some things that the biggest things you've been grateful for this uh, past year at Arkansas or just like in your life in general? Um, I would say just like where things started off is one thing that I look back and I'm grateful for. Um, and some people might look at it as kind of like an anchor to my life, but I look at it as something that boosted me. Um, I'm grateful for my family, my teammates, um, just, you know, like the typical things that you should be grateful for, like being alive, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of stuff, just life, like life, life is really a beautiful thing. Um, and what the world tries to tell you is that it's a dark thing and, you know, the world's going to crap and you should, you know, be afraid, mm-hmm. but living in fear never got anyone mm. anywhere. That's right. Um, That's so, a good word right yeah, there. I, I love just, that. I just That's choose, awesome. choose to, you know, look at life as a beautiful thing and you know, at the end of the day, bad things are going to happen, but I'd say that's a prime example of rising above. I mean, that's what this whole podcast is about. That's, that is awesome, dude. That's one of the best things I've heard on here. (laughs) It it reminds me of the verse in, uh, James, uh, one verses two through four, which says, uh, consider it pure joy when you face trials of any kinds, because the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its race so that you may be complete and lacking nothing. Because just like you said, how we, like, we know trials will come, but when we have that relationship with Christ, it can produce it in us something we didn't even know we, we had pretty much. Yeah, exactly. And trials, trials and tribulations make you a better person. Because if you weren't to go through hard things, then why would you ever need God? Hmm. Is how I see life. So, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. And then uh, going on to our next question, what, what would you say? I, I know you just talked about uh, uh, something that's kind of an anchor for you is knowing where where you started and just being grateful for w- what you have now. Would you say that that's a big part of your why and why you keep going every day? Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Um, on my on my phone lock screen actually when i go to the gym um i change it to this photo of me the first day i got rescued um kind of just as a reminder of like you're here but this is where you started and it kind of allows me to look back on 
all of the things that have happened up until this point and being grateful for everything that I faced along the way and all the good all the good times and the bad times. So it kind of just gives me motivation to go to the gym, go do things that are out of the ordinary, um, talk to people who you know are frowned upon to talk to because one of the greatest things in in Christ's life as he was here was he talked to people who you know the average Christian would would you know shame you for talking to hmm. um, and you know I look at I look at people as we're all experiencing life for the first time and so why make someone else's life hard when they're experiencing life just like you are for the first time so that's a powerful word I, I love that because like you said how Christ reached out to those that not many people we're even willing to reach out to um, and just going out of your way to uh, reach out to those that maybe others wouldn't because there's so many people in life that we come across only one time, but in that one moment, like we never know how we could change the trajectory of their life by just being a giver, not a taker. And um, yeah, we, we just can't thank you for enough for being on with us today. And uh, as we're ending, um, and there's gonna be someone listening to this podcast today that is going through something where they just feel hopeless. Like all hope is gone. Life just isn't going in the direction they want it to go. What's a, um, a verse or just a message that you would uh, leave them with? Uh, so my whole mantra, my junior year till now was always, don't be a victim to your circumstances, but be a conqueror. Um, so don't allow like where you are, what you've been through to continue to hold you in this prison that you made in your mind. Because things, things only have so mu as much power as you give them over your life. And so when you take those things, you give them to God, and God makes them into a weapon for you to use Oof, to touch good. other people and bring other people closer to him. It, it completely changes your perspective in your life. Oh, that's good. And you, you said God uses our uh, trials. When are we taking them to him as a weapon to use for other people? Yeah, I've, I've never heard like that's that's awesome. I'm definitely I'm definitely gonna be using that. <laughs> but yeah, that that's that's awesome uh, because I feel like there's so many people that feel like whatever their trial is in life, it's just a disadvantage, and they always they're just gonna be in their situation for the rest of their life. But I think that's what's awesome about what you just said right there. Like with Christ, that doesn't mean life's gonna be perfect, but what he can do is turn your bad adversity to a weapon to help others and show them that there is hope, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, when you have Christ and you know that he is greater than anything that we'll, we will ever face. And again, we, we cannot thank you enough for being off us today, Emmanuel. It was awesome having you on and come and spit absolute heat for 40, 45 minutes. <laughs> it's thank been an guys. absolute blast. Thank you guys so much. Any Anytime I get the opportunity from God to just be able to speak, I always take it because, you know, why have something good and keep it to yourself? Yeah. And so. yeah that's what's awesome. And I, that's one of my favorite things, too, about like some of the stuff you put on your Instagram or Snapchat story, like the verses or videos that he's like, whenever I listen to him, it just like gets me fired up. <laughs> so, it's like, uh, but yeah, that, that's awesome. And, uh, and uh, we can't thank everyone enough for uh, tuning in to the Rise Above podcast. You can uh, check out um, our podcast on all, all social media platforms, whether it's Instagram or wherever you tune into on social media or any 
podcast platform or on YouTube and know that as you go through uh, your week, no matter what you face, when you go to Christ, you can always rise above your storms. Guys, it has been an awesome past uh, few minutes speaking with Emmanuel. And uh, like Will said, we are absolutely so grateful for him coming on. We're absolutely so grateful for you tuning in. We hope to see you next week, um, Wednesday. Every uh, every week we have this thing drop at 12 p.m. And uh, it's a blast. Or, or a little after. <laughs> or a little after. It depends on when we can get to it. But we look forward to seeing you guys next time. And we'll see you.